Welcome to Funding the Dream, the number one podcast for the number one crowdfunding platform, Kickstarter. Now here's your host, Richard Bliss. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Richard Bliss. And I'm John Covey. Every week, John and I cover some of the most important aspects of crowdfunding and Kickstarter. That's right, Richard. And this week, John, uh, first of all, just so people know who you are, you've launched 11 Kickstarter projects over the last four and a half years, raising more than, how much is it, $1.3 million? That's right. Wow. Texting, so, yeah. Some change. You're, you're driving a Tesla now. I know you are. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah. With that experience and background, the, you've learned a, a tremendous amount that you've shared on this show multiple times as well as uh, an audience. And so what are we going to talk about this week? Yes. So this week, I want to talk about five attributes of a great product for Kickstarter. Oh, interesting. So, because normally yeah. we talk about just board games, but now we're just talking about aspect of any, uh, any product for Kickstarter. That's right. Okay. And the reason why I want to talk about this, so um, I actually started teaching a class at Webster University on crowdfunding, um, and I use my experience launching my products uh, through Kickstarter. And through this whole process, what I've realized is that um, a lot of people have ideas for things that they want to launch on Kickstarter that are probably not great fits. So what we want to talk about today is, well, what, you know, what is a good fit for something? And I have, I've had a lot of people reach out to me for consulting advice. And sometimes this is kind of where we start. You know, the bad news is I just don't think it's going to be a good fit for, for Kickstarter. So that's what we want to do is talk about those five things. And there's probably more, but these, these are really the core five that, that I have found um, the most um, the, I've really been able to sink my teeth into and get the most, um, um, feedback from. So, yeah. Perfect. Let's go over those five. Okay. So real quickly, let me list them off and then we'll just jump in and, and go in, into them in more detail. Okay. So the first is that people want to buy the thing, right? They're willing to pay money for it. You'd be surprised how often, uh, people don't get this one right. The second people want to tell others about it. This is really critical. The third, people can't easily get it elsewhere or something similar to it elsewhere. Uh, the fourth, it's something tangible and shippable, like a consumer product. This isn't always the case, but really these kinds of things tend to do um, much better on Kickstarter. And lastly, the audience, the, the ideal customer for this product is someone that is typically on Kickstarter. So they want to buy it. They want to tell others about it. They can't find it elsewhere. It's something they can touch and hold, and they're already actually on Kickstarter looking at these things. So those are the five. I, that That's good? right. Okay, perfect. That's right. Let's start with number one. Yeah, so number one, um, people want to buy the product. Now, what's, what's interesting about number one and number two um, is that these, these two things kind of play into each other. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and talk about these um, kind of at the same time. So there's a lot of things that people really want or get excited about and want to tell others about that they're not really willing to pay money for. Um, one thing that, that you could think of that people want to pay money for is say milk or toothpaste or just common <laughs> items, right? Right. We, we want to pay money for these things because we want these things. Our willingness to pay money for something is, um, usually correlated with our want for that thing. Cause we want to have that thing. Now, um, our our second one, people want to tell others about it. You know, if we went and we spent money on milk or toothpaste, uh, we're probably not going to be that excited to tell others ab 
about the thing that we just bought, right? Because there's not there's nothing really that new or exciting or novel about it. However, something like say, I don't know, I mean, pretty much everyone I've talked to has seen that YouTube video of the uh, little baby panda that sneezes and scares its mom. Do you know what I'm talking about? I have not seen that. I guess I'm one of those. Oh, you haven't seen that. Oh, man. I got to go check it out. Now you got to go. Yeah, you got to go check it out. Um, um, Search it on YouTube. Anyway, this is uh, this went viral for a while because it was just the funniest thing and it was so adorable. It was something that everyone got excited about. Uh, They were sharing it all over the place, but it wasn't really something that people were willing to pay money for. Right. Um, And so I, I think with products that do really well on Kickstarter. Um, it's things that people want to pay money for. There's a lot of causes and a lot of projects that other people might get excited about or think is really interesting, but it's not something that they're really willing to pay money for. And the same way, um, there's a lot of things that people would be very willing to pay money for, but they're not getting excited about it and they're not telling others about it. So how how do I know that I have something that people are willing to pay money for and they're excited about it? Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good um, follow-up question. So um, we, we try and um, send uh, our products out to playtest groups, to previewers, to reviewers, and essentially get feedback from people if it's something that they really want. Now, we're in the board game space. It's a little bit easier for us um, because we know that people are willing to pay money for board games. But then there's other types of um, um, projects that people are launching, well, like events. There or, are like events, but you also have done books and puzzles and have found those to be successful as well. That's right. Yes. Um, and I think there we, we, we sort of, we, we validated the concept of a book or a puzzle based upon the fact that other people have done books and puzzles and that these are things that are commonly for sale you elsewhere. Br- you bring a really valid point up and that is that I have had people come to me and said, look, this, uh, this is so unique. It's not on Kickstarter. Nobody else is doing that. And I got to mm. say, that's usually one of my first red flags. Uh, yeah. not, I appreciate that you think that you're innovative and you're the first one out there. But if, you, if nobody else is doing it, the chances of an audience being ready-made and prepared to back it are limited. Now, something that's a unique aspect of a mechanic in a board game or artwork that gets you excited or a book that's a topic. Okay. There's never been a book on this subject. That's different. But if you're making a widget or something that nobody's ever seen it, you got to be careful right. that that's not something necessarily they're willing to buy because they, there's no hook in their head about, Oh, I want that. If they've never conceived of what that thing is that you're pitching and saying that it's not on Kickstarter, so it's going to do really well is a fallacy that I've had to correct people many times. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so number so that was kind of number one and number two. It's got to be something they're willing to pay for and something that they want to tell others about. And I gotta come, I'll come back to that's why board games I think continue to do so well on yes. Kickstarter because you, it's so hard to play a board game all by yourself. That's right. Yeah, board games are viral in nature, right? That you at least most board games you have to play with other people. So the the act of experiencing the board game is the act of sharing that thing with others and getting excited about it with others, right? Now, if it's a bad experience, well, you're kind of dead in the water. So you got to make sure it's a great product first and foremost, right? But so let's come back to to cuz that brings us into point 3. Can't get it can't easily get this elsewhere. Board games are doing very well on Kickstarter, but you can get them at your local board game store, Target, Amazon. So how does that jive then? Yeah. Now, this is a very interesting point, right? Um, we could go back to the toothpaste and the milk 
discussion we talked about before. I don't think something like that would do very well because you can get it somewhere else unless it's it's got something really, really unique and novel about like it. Like potato salad. Like, oh man, don't even bring that one up. <laughs> that that was just a whole viral marketing hoax. It I was. Like. Well, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think it was a hoax. I think it was a viral marketing. The guy was just like, "Can you do, literally do anything on Kickstarter?" And the answer was yeah. So he tried to raise raise ten bucks making potato salad, right, or eating potato, whatever it was. I guess it was making. Yeah. And no, it just goes to prove that okay. I have to admit, I had never seen that one on Kickstarter before, but that yeah. is an example of there are sometimes experiences or events that sometimes do well because you can't get them anywhere else. But the board game thing, I think what's happened, it ties into your uh, last one, and that is the board game audience now expects to see their products that they are interested in on Kickstarter. They're already there. And I think that that's why they kind of are an exception to something that you can't get elsewhere. Yes, I do agree with that. But before we jump to the fifth one, let me make a couple more points about this third one because I think I think this is really important. And I, I actually think this is why uh, the games that we publish at Genius Games do so well compared to a lot of the other games that are um, that are launched or the average game that is launched. Because there's, there's a lot of games out there that do much better than ours. But we, we are consistently raising you know $200,000 or more for, for the games that we're launching at this point. And, and here's, what I think, here's what I think is happening. Um, you have a lot of games on Kickstarter. And um, most of them, I'm not going to say all of them, but most of them are competing for the same eyeballs, for the same wallets, right? And because uh, you've got a lot of strategy games out there, you've got a lot of party games out there. Uh, there's, uh, I, I'm not going to say that there's nothing unique about that. There's definitely a lot of things that are unique about each one, but but there's a lot of times not enough that's unique that will cause you to create essentially a whole new market of products right. out of a board game. Right. But this is something that we have done, and that is we are creating games exclusively about science concepts. So it's not just the gamer who's interested. It's the people who are gamers who also love science, and there's a large overlap there between those, and they can't get that thing elsewhere. You can't get that game about a, a concept in chemistry or biology anywhere else. Anyway, I don't want to talk too much about my stuff, but I think this is a really important concept um, that it's something that they see is, is really unique and novel, and they're not going to be able to get it elsewhere. This is the opportunity to get it through your crowdfunding campaign. Okay. All right, and now the fourth one. It's something that's tangible or shippable. So the the reality is, on Kickstarter, um, consumer products just do really, really well, right? Um, and there's something there's something about being able to physically hold and touch the thing that you paid money for. Now we're not talking. I don't mean at all to disregard an experience or an event. We definitely want to pay money for those types of things as well. But on on Kickstarter, we know that we're going to get something physical, right? We know that we're going to get something tangible. We're going to receive that most of the time. If it's a, a tangible product or a physical product, we're going to receive that thing in the mail. Um, and there's just there, there's just I've noticed with so many campaigns, these types of things tend to do much better than non-tangible types of things on Kickstarter, like events or tickets or movies or digital products and things like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Uh, and it is why the category continues to dominate the Kickstarter um, platform. And it is also one of the reasons why video games struggle a little bit. While it's something tangible, mm. it becomes mm -hmm. difficult for people to 
back it because one, you can't send a prototype. You can't send. You can send the artwork, but you can't send. You can't create an example that you want people to be able to out there and do it. So it makes it very difficult for them. So yeah, it does make sense that it's tangible. Let's come back, and I know you don't want to, but let's come back to the potato salad experience. Sure. What made the potato salad? So there's three campaigns I recall very clearly. Potato salad, which raised the I don't know eighty thousand, hundred thousand, whatever it was, just a guy making potato salad. That was more of a participation in a social activity yes, for my sure. 10 bucks. I got to participate in this thing and just see how high it went. Um, and it went crazy high. Uh, that was number one. Number two was the death star and X wings that were put out on Kickstarter a couple of years ago. I don't know if you remember those. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so some guys in the UK submitted it on Kickstarter. They were trying to raise, I think it was $1.2 trillion. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about right? now. Yeah. And now, they didn't get any money, but a lot of people pledged to that knowing that because of the nature of Kickstarter, it wasn't actually, I'm not going to lose any money because it's not going to fund. And then right. what was interesting is that in Hong Kong, shortly after that, a group of guys, I had them on the show as well, they launched an X-Wing fighter project. They wanted to create an X-Wing fighter. And we're not talking models. We're talking about the real thing. And again, right. they didn't fund. It was like $47 million is what they were looking for. My point here is, is that while the success that you're right is that finding a tangible product to make it sell, but there are times where an experience can be very unique and that if you find the right touch point. Now, in this case, I found it interesting that the UK was trying to build a Death Star and the Chinese were trying to build the X-Wing fighters. Um, from a social economic standpoint, I was like, oh, that's a really interesting perspective, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, one empire after another. But my a point here is that as you talk about it, find something that is tangible. That's always the best. But you can also find ways to get your backers to give money if it's a unique experience. And it goes back to you can't find this anywhere else. Right, um, and so I, I find that very valid. Okay, I, I kind of yeah. I didn't want to sidetrack it, but that's a really interesting aspect of how to think about what you're putting out there. Now I got to ask yeah. you: Do people really try to put toothpaste out on Kickstarter? Well, I haven't seen it. Um, okay. that was just a good example. Oh, that great idea! Then it's not out there. I'm putting. I'm putting. Hey, there you. There you go. World's best toothpaste. No, all right. So let's talk about the uh, the demographic then. The uh... sure. R- real quick though, I want to I want to comment on the last thing we were just talking about, and that is that you know these are five attributes of things that do well on Kickstarter. Um, we're not at all saying they are not outliers to this, but what 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 I really want people to think about when we talk about these things is that if you are if you are trying to launch something new that uh, that or or you have an idea for something, um, think about these five points because I, at this point I would say that yes, the potato salad Kickstarter campaign is an outlier compared to these five points. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but how many people tried to do a follow-up potato salad Kickstarter and completely failed? Failed miserably. Many, yeah. many, many, many of them, right? Mi- missing out that the, this was a unique experience that we were participating in and not necessarily just, oh, I'll, I'll do the same thing. It'll be watermelon or whatever. No, no, no. You, you missed the point that it right. had never been done before. It was a novelty. I got to participate in it, and now it's over. Let's move on. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It goes back to your panda sneezing. Not everybody wants to watch panda videos, but that particular one obviously went well. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, um, what, yeah, so, so the, the, we have just a couple of minutes, John. What would be an interesting uh, 
campaign that you have seen that maybe fits into these five categories that uh, that does well that that isn't necessarily a board game you've done puzzles you've done books what else have you out there that you've seen that kind of fits into this category yeah that's a great point um Let's see. Um, there was a campaign a while back for a a group that produced seeds to grow a plant that had uh, essentially like glow in the dark properties. They were on or, my sh- they were on my show. Yes, that's and, right. I I remember that well. And do you know that Kickstarter? changed the rules after they were on my show. Oh, that's I, right, because it was genetically modified? It was genetically right? modified, yeah. and shortly after that, now it wasn't because they were on my show, but because they launched it, yes. So that was an interesting uh, point, is that they brought that out, too. Yes, uh, there was a space elevator, a guy who was doing a space yes. elevator, right? Which I thought was kind of cool, um, and he was on the show. But yes, the, the, the variety of opportunities are out there. But our audience tends to think of board games. And so let's, mm-hmm, let's, that's come right. back. let's talk about board games then real briefly because we have just a couple of minutes. And that is I just – I had um, Aldo Giazzi on a previous episode. And one of the things he said was, look, if you put a dragon or a wizard on it, it's going to do well. Hmm. And what's interesting about that is understanding your audience, what they're after. And so if you really – if you can't come up with the most creative or unique thing – one recommendation I have is to go out on Kickstarter, find what's doing well, make sure it's not potato salad, and then do something along that vein, along that line. The fact that board games are doing so well has driven more people to do board games, right? And so find what's working on Kickstarter and then take advantage of that and ride the coattails of other people because then people are looking for additional content and that type of thing. I'll say one of the most interesting campaigns I backed was a farm in New Jersey, I backed a mm. farm to help them raise native vegetables from Mexico for the farmer's markets so that the farmer's markets could go into New York and sell the farmer's markets native uh, food for the large Latin American populations that are in Mexico. I thought that was a fascinating concept. So they had this farm. They bring up the plants every year, and they're growing them. And so it's like, oh, that's kind of a cool thing. It wasn't necessarily tangible, but I felt like I was participating about something from an emotional level. Yeah, and that so that brings up another point. There was a campaign I helped out with that was for a group that wanted to expand their um, um, cookie operation. So it was an after-school program, and they were training teens in the inner city um, to make and sell cookies. And it was sort of a um, work vocational training type of program. And the they couldn't just so one of one of the ways we we were able to get the the campaign worked out so it worked with Kickstarter and and funded was instead of just asking people to say donate to this we were gonna we were gonna actually as a reward send them some of the cookies that this group or or recipes or um um the the dough um so that they could actually bake them right and so that that was a a simple reward that was something that people would pay money for cookies um it was something tangible and shippable, shippable they get their hands on but really what they were doing was the the money they were giving was to help build out this program right and so a, a lot of times i would advise groups like if they are doing something like this that's kind of cause based but they know that they have to create something with this right cuz it's one it's one of a uh, uh, kickstarters um, uh, mandatory requirements when you launch a project is you have to create something new to share with your audience. Um, if, if you can think about what what is this cause delivering to the world that we could possibly give as a reward to people when they pledge 
that I think makes a really good reward level um, and gets people a little bit more excited to open up their wallets and give money to it. Very valid point. Well, we're about out of time. This has been some great five elements that for us to remember. Let's, let's go over them real quick. The five attributes are people are willing to pay money for it. Yep. People are willing to tell others about it. There's a viral nature to it. People can't easily get it elsewhere. It's something kind of unique. That's why they're on the crowdfunding and willing to give you the money. Something tangible or shippable, which is why board games do so well. And then the audience is already on Kickstarter, which is interesting is that the board game industry is now expecting a game to appear on Kickstarter. And just as a side note, there are currently 300 active, more than 300 active board games on Kickstarter right this moment as we're recording this. And every 30 days, wow. that number stays the same. So there's about 3,600 3, a year new board games that are put out on Kickstarter. Yes, the, I call it the tsunami of board games, and it's, it's having a huge impact. John, thank you very much for your time. This has been great. I love, uh, we, do, we co-host these episodes every week, and so I appreciate you coming on and that we can continue to have this conversation. How can people get hold of you if they're interested? Yes, so a few different ways. Um, my email is john at geniusgames.org. Um, you can also reach out to our team account, team at geniusgames.org. I'm on Twitter. Um, both the company, Got Genius Games, is on Twitter, and John Covey. My last name is spelled just like Love You. Covey, Love You, but with a C instead of an L. <laughs> That's easy to remember. Also, um, and I'm, I'm obviously ahead. on Facebook. And, and speaking of Facebook, if you would like, if you're listening and you would like to participate in the conversation with John and I, you can join our Facebook group, Funding the Dream on Kickstarter Podcast Facebook group. That is a mouthful, you but you go. can find us out there. And we want to thank our sponsor, uh, the Pledge Manager from KickTrack. Pledge Manager from KickTrack helps your campaigns be more successful by generating income after the campaign. And the nice thing is they don't take any money up front and they don't take any money from your campaign. You get to keep all your pledge money and only pay them when they help you make money after the campaign. So if you get a chance, check out Pledge Manager by KickTrack. John, again, thanks for being uh, my co-host today. Yeah, thanks, Richard. I had a fun time and hopefully you guys learned something from this. Hopefully. You've been listening to Funding the Dream on on Kickstarter, my guest, well, my co-host has been John Covey. I'm Richard Bliss. Thanks for listening. Take care.